Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast, where we connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories and chat about topics relevant to today's modern women. Here are your inspired women. Hi, my name is Megan Hall. I'm the founder of Megan Hall Motivation, and today I'm doing a solo round. Yay! And I wanted to chat with you guys about self-care. And I know, okay, don't, 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 don't just hit the end button right now. Listen up. Seriously, I know a lot of people roll their eyes and they're like, oh my gosh. And for the longest time, I was a beach body coach. And I've mentioned this on several ep- episodes for several years. And now not actively being a beach body coach, I realized how freaking annoying I must have been to many people who just had zero interest in what I was doing. I mean, for many people, I it was obviously very inspirational. But because, I mean, I had people tell me that. But then there was times that I was like, no wonder a lot of my family members just like stopped liking and commenting underneath my stuff on Facebook. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being all into fitness and I really enjoyed it, but I didn't know that there was more than just eating right and working out when it came to self-care. And it took me a long time to realize that self-care is a physical, mental, and emotional thing. It is a whole enchilada of self-care. Self-care means really taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And spiritually does not mean you have to be religious. That can just mean you have some sort of belief. My husband is atheist and he often tells me, I don't have any beliefs. And I'm like, yes, you do. You believe in reincarnation. That's a belief. So... Everybody has some sort of beliefs, whether you believe in the lack of belief or, <laughs> or whatever that might be. But I'm not here to talk about religion or politics or any of those touchy subjects that we should really avoid at all times. I wanted to talk to you guys about self-care. Self-care is a huge piece of what I teach my clients over at Megan Home Motivation Every single time I work with a new person, we touch on self-care because self-care is the thing that people most often overlook in their lives. It is the piece that we find ourselves stressed out and exhausted and overwhelmed and we don't know why. And then we find out it's because we haven't been taking care of ourselves. Every time I get stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted, burnout, whatever you want to say, It is generally because I haven't been taking good care of myself. I haven't been making that time for self-care or not making enough time for self-care or not doing the right kind of self-care. Sometimes we really need to feed in that emotional, you know, part of us that's feeling lonely or sad. You know, sometimes we need to fill in that mental side of us because our brain's not functioning at its highest level and we feel like we're losing brain cells on a daily basis. And sometimes that it's the physical part where we have to feed into, you know, how are we taking care of our physical body? Are we sleeping enough? Are we eating right? You know, are we being active? I know that that oftentimes that leads to, you know, us being exhausted and our body not functioning at the proper level. In order for us to function at the highest level, we have to fill ourselves up on all these aspects of self-care. Every single aspect of self-care self-care is super important. Sometimes that might mean that you are taking time to have dinner with your girlfriends because you need that emotional 
release. <laughs> you need to be spending time with other people. It is actual science that when we are around other people, it can make us feel better. The right people, obviously. We've talked about, you know, friendships and people being in your life that are not so healthy for you, that are a little toxic. But I'm talking about your your healthy friend, your relationships, your healthy friendships. And those people can fill you up and make you feel much better than you were feeling before. And then you have the mental aspect where, you know, personal development, where you go to conferences or workshops or, you know, reading or listening to audiobooks, watching YouTube tutorials, reading blog posts, whatever that might be. And like I said, you have the physical aspect where you are taking care of your physical body. And the funny thing is, is people, the biggest thing people often overlook is sleep. And sleep is actually good for our physical and mental as well as emotional health. It, our lack of sleep can cause uh, our metabolism to tank. It can cause our brain function to not <laughs> function at its highest level. Um, it can cause our bodies to literally just eek by. And it's, if you're somebody that struggles with depression, or even if you don't struggle with depression, it messes with our emotions too. I know the times that I don't get the appropriate amount of sleep is the time that I usually end up struggling the most with depression. For most of my life, I struggled with depression. There are multiple times, and we mentioned this on episodes previously, that I literally thought about ending my life. And this is something that we can talk more in another episode because this is about self-care. But self-care is a huge, a huge crucial component to me being able to fight my depression. I don't know if I want to say fight. Overcome is an amazing tool that I don't have such an issue with depression as long as I'm utilizing it. And I know I often hear people, and I was the same way, you know, I feel guilty for making time for myself because then I'm taking time away from my family or I'm taking time away from the people I love or my business or whatever that is. But your relationships and your business cannot run at its highest level if you're not making time for yourself. It just can't because you can't show up 100% if you aren't taking care of yourself. You won't have enough energy and you know that when you don't take care of yourself, you're cranky as, yeah, bleep <laughs> because this is not an explicit episode, but you know you're cranky and that can affect your relationships. So sleep is so, so, so important. I don't, I don't even know. Sleep and self-care, sleep is a part of self-care, but self-care is so important because when you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to have enough to give back to other people. And this is this has become sort of a well-phrased thing. But think about when you're on an airplane. They tell you to put on your oxygen mask before you put on the oxygen mask of other people. And sometimes you're like, no, I'll put on the oxygen mask of my kid first. Yes, but then who's going to be able to put it on you? You might not even have it to put on your kid if you're not putting on yours first. Think about it. If you don't, if there's a lack of oxygen, you might not even be able to get that mask on your kid before you can, you know, put it on yourself. You know, that made no sense. You might not even be able to put that mask on your kid before you pass out, you know, and 
depending on the age of your kid, they might not be able to put the oxygen mask on you. So you really need to put that oxygen mask on first. Self-care is about what is, what is giving you energy. So think of yourself as a vessel. You can think of yourself as a cup. You can think of yourself as a glass bottle, a glass for wine, whatever. But think of yourself as a vessel. And things either give you energy, take away from your energy, or do a little bit of both. Well, self-care are those things that are going to give you energy. They're going to help you go on with your day. And I mean, it might not be energy right away, like exercise. You might be like, I don't feel energetic after exercise. I feel a little tired. Well, it's not giving you energy immediately sometimes. Sometimes it's giving you energy for the future. Think about it. If you get in that activity and exercise over time, it compounds to where you are in better health. So you have more energy. And it's hard for us because we are a society of wanting immediate results. We want things now. We want them quick. That's why certain companies out there, I'm not going to name any names. Don't need to be slapped with a lawsuit, but you all know who I'm talking about. Um, that they're quick results. And I put that in quotation marks, like quick results is something that you see immediately, but it's not exactly lasting. And for me, self-care is more of a lifestyle thing. It's something of creating a habit. It's not like a, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to work out temporarily and eat right temporarily so I can lose 10 pounds. It is an ongoing process. Now, some days it's going to be easier than other days. Some days it's going to be harder than other days. It's an up and down sort of thing like every other thing in life. It's a roller coaster ride. It's not going to be perfect. There are weeks that I don't do as much self-care as I should. And then there's a weeks that I like totally rock it and I have so much energy. But when we don't take care of ourselves, it affects, eventually affects every other area of our lives. Like we can't continue to not feed into ourselves because then everything's just taking away our energy. And then we have no more energy left to live. That's when people find themselves burnt out or sick, exhausted, or your body, when it gets sick, you need to rest. That's a huge part of self-care. When you are sick, you need to rest or you're going to be sick longer and you might be sick for, like, it might get worse. Like, you might get sicker, you know? Your body doesn't play around. Things happen for a reason. We're meant to heal ourselves for the most part. Our body is efficient. It's an efficient machine if it is fed right and taken care of right. And the same with our mind. Our mind can do amazing things. But it also has to be fed right and taken care of. And since it's part of our body, then what we do with the rest of our body affects our mind. And what we do with our mind affects the rest of our body. You can't overlook one piece and be like, I'm just going to work out and eat right, but not do any personal development and pay no attention to my emotional health. And I'm just not even going to pay attention because eating right and working out is going to be the thing that cures me. That's what I thought. When I first started eating right and working out, I thought that it was going to cure me. I thought that I would finally be happy and my life would be perfect if I just lost all the weight. I was uh, 50 pounds overweight, I want to say. 50 pounds overweight. And I thought that if I just lost the weight that I would be finally be happy. My life would finally be together and everything would work fantastic. Guess what? 
I lost all the weight and my last suicide attempt was after I lost all that weight because I didn't take care of the rest of me. I didn't pay attention to the personal development. I didn't pay attention to my emotional health. I just thought that if I was a skinny biatch, that everything would be great. And it wasn't. And I ended up having to see a counselor, which I am pro-counseling. Everybody should see a counselor. We all have stuff we need to work through. I am absolutely pro-counseling. So I went and saw a counselor and I worked through, you know, mental health. I worked through all of the baggage and stuff I had going on from my past. And the thing is, is self-care is never ending. Like it, and I know that's kind of scary and you're like, uh, maybe I don't want to get on the self-care wagon because it never ends. But it's going to make you feel so damn good. So damn good. That you're just going to be like, wow, I am a whole new person. I feel fantastic. And this is not about weight loss. I mean, if you take care of your body, could you lose weight? Yes. But is that the goal in mind when it comes to self-care? No, it's about making you feel good physically, mentally, emotionally. For you have the energy and for you not to feel depressed and for you not to struggle when it comes to things. Is there going to be adversity that you face? Absolutely. But when you take care of yourself, overcoming adversity becomes a hell of a lot easier. Because when you are unhappy or you're unhealthy and you are barely surviving, something comes along that makes a big old smash in your life, it's going to be real hard to overcome that because you're not taking care of yourself. If you're taking care of yourself and you're happy and you're healthy and you're thriving, when something comes along, will it hurt? Yes. Will it maybe set you back a little bit? Yes. But it will be more like a hiccup than a car crash. Like, it will be more like a hiccup than a car crash. I think about it. Unhappy people make other people unhappy. They just do. Why? Because we don't want to feel alone. We don't do it on purpose. It's not like a conscious choice where if somebody's like, I'm miserable and I want the world to be miserable. No, but we don't want to feel alone. So how we act bleeds into all the people around us. That's why people get scared of change. That's why when you change, people around you are scared because it's messing with their status quo. It's change is scary. It is scary. And that's sometimes why we see ourselves reverting right back to those old habits that we had before. I know I'm guilty of it. I've definitely been there where I revert right back to emotional eating or I revert right back to just sitting in front of Netflix for hours on end. I love Netflix, by the way, but it's probably not the best idea to watch it for, you know, three hours a night every night. It kills our brain a little bit at a time. But anyways, so we revert back to those habits when we don't continue to practice our self-care. For me, emotional eating, it happens when I'm not practicing self-care fully. When I am not focusing on all the pieces of the puzzle. Instead, I'm just focusing on one piece or, or not even focusing at all. You know, I have things that I do every day that have become habits for me. And how do you create a habit? I mean, I'm all about helping women create a habit. How do you create a habit? Well, you do something over and over and over and over again to where finally you've done it so much, your your brain is just used to it. Your body's just used to it. So when you don't do it, your body and brain are like, what's going on here? This is not normal. This is not what we were trying to do. We were trying to do this over here. Let's do that. 
it creates these tracks in this program inside of ourselves. And sometimes those tracks and programs that we've created over time, um, if you want to hear a little bit more about this, tune into Amy Lata's podcast that we recorded. I believe she was episode number, hold on. She was episode number three. So she was our very first interview on this podcast. And she talks about the, you know, soundtrack of your life and how that can play out. And that's really what our habits are. They're these songs and soundtracks that we've created. And a lot of people think, I can get rid of my bad habits. But that's not how it works. You have to replace them with good ones. The only way for bad habits to truly die is to replace them with a good one. It can be really hard. You know, with emotional eating, one of my things was is if I felt like I wanted to be an emotion or felt like I was going to emotionally eat, then I had to sit down and I had to work through those emotions. Like I had to ask myself, am I really hungry? And nine times out of ten, I was not really hungry. Am I really hungry? Um, if the answer was no, I had to work through those feelings. I had to say, what am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling this? What can I do about this? And I've said this on the podcast before and I've said it all over the place is you have two choices and when something happens. You can either control it. You can control your actions, your thoughts, your words, your reactions, you know, all of that. Or you have to change your mindset around it. There's going to be things you can't control. You can't control the weather. You can't control uh, recently here in the area, tornadoes touched down and everything. Nobody could control that. Nobody's like... Yes, I'm going to create this tornado and then I'm going to wipe it away. It's not how it works. Like that weather is not something we can control. So what do we need to do is we need to change our mindset around it, which can be really hard. But hey, if you're still here listening to this and you are part here in Virginia and were around for the tornadoes, that means you're still alive. So that's something to be thankful for. That's the lesson to be learned, the silver lining. Now, does it suck? Yes. But when I say mind change your mindset around it, I mean, you, you find the lesson. Look for the silver lining. Look for the positive side. There's a lesson in all adversity. There is a lesson in all adversity. For me, I need to get a new freaking place to live because my whole family can't fit in the closet that we need to hide in when a tornado comes. <laughs> but I'm thankful that I'm safe and my kids are happy and healthy even if they did cry because they were stuck at school most recently when um, we had a tornado warning and they wanted their mommy, which was really sad. Um, so when it comes to things, you can change your words, your actions, your reactions, take the first step or you change your mindset around it. And that's the same when it comes to self-care. There are certain things you can't control. Like today, right before this podcast, I couldn't control that the guys magically showed up to get the foundation for my son's bed when I was supposed to be doing my workout. So I couldn't do my workout at that time. What can I do? I can do my workout later. That's something I can control. So it's really taking a look at what can you control, what can't you control. And self-care doesn't have to be strenuous. It doesn't have to be like this five-hour extravaganza. Everybody thinks that they have to, you know, go from zero to working out an hour each day. I don't work out an hour each day. 
if a workout's more than 30 minutes, I usually cut it short because I only got 30 minutes. And that's how I want to do. I don't want to be working out hours each day. I don't really enjoy it that much. I enjoy it sometimes, but not enough for it to be an hour, you know? So <laughs> it's all about like making the time that you can. If you're doing nothing right now, 15 minutes is better than nothing. You know what I mean? Like you can't say I, I don't practice self-care when you don't even make 15 minutes for it. Like how can't you? So that's the second thing that people struggle with. So first they struggle with the guilt, the guilt that they're taking, you know, time or whatever away from their business, their family, their kids, whatnot. The second biggest struggle people have with self-care is thinking it has to be time-consuming and strenuous. This is supposed to be something that's giving you energy, not stressing you out. You know, this it's something you just figure out how much time you have, how much time that you have, and put that in your schedule each and every day, each and every day. And make it a meeting that is non-negotiable. It's going to happen no matter what. And if the first time that you have it planned, it doesn't happen, then make sure you have a backup plan. I have a client who her goal is to get some kind of activity in three times a week. So when she doesn't get it in the day or the time that she wants to in the morning, then her backup is the afternoon. And if that doesn't happen, the backup's the next day. It doesn't have to be strenuous, but you do need to start focusing on you and making more time for you because you don't have enough energy to give to other people if you're not making that time for you. You can't pour from an empty cup. You just can't. <laughs> like I say this all the time. You don't have anything to give if you have nothing in there. Like if you're not making sure that you're giving back energy to yourself, you are going to have nothing left to give to other people in your life and they're going to suffer and you're going to suffer and it's just going to be a whole big pile of suffering. Like do you really want to do that to your your family and your friends and your business and your clients and your coworkers and everybody that you come in contact with, that's not really fair. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. And the third thing I hear people say is self-care is selfish. Yeah, self-care is so selfish. It's so selfish to give yourself enough energy to be able to do all of the things that you need to do every day. Baloney. That is complete baloney. I'm glad I said baloney instead of the other word that I was thinking about saying. But it's complete baloney. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is selfless because now you're making sure that you have enough in you to give to other people. You're going to make sure that when at night you come home from work or your kids come home from school or, you know, whatever, your spouse comes home or whatever your situation might be. You're making sure that you aren't going to be so exhausted you can't function around them. When I was a stay-at-home mom, I had, well, I have four kids. <laughs> but I've never been a stay-at-home mom with all four kids in the house because there's a quite an age gap between my youngest, my twins, and my oldest. So my oldest just turned 14 and the twins turned six this year. So do the math. There's eight years between you know, my oldest and my twins. And then I have a, a, a middle daughter. Her name is Lillian and she is going to be eight this year. So there's six years between Lillian and my oldest, Carmel. And there's eight years between Carmel and my youngest, my twins, Cameron and Audrina. 
So I never was a stay-at-home mom with all four kids at home and not in school. I mean, except during the summertime. So bless your hearts for, and I don't mean that in the way Southerners say it, where they're like, bless your heart. They really mean F you. No, I mean, like, seriously, like, I applaud you if you, you know, had four little ones at home and you're a stay-at-home mom. Being a stay-at-home mom is tough. Being a work, work from home mom is tough. Being a work outside the home mom is tough. I've been all of them and they're all tough. But when I was a stay-at-home mom, I had, um, I had the twins and Lillian for a little while and then Lillian went to school and then I just had the twins. And finally I found myself like burnt out and exhausted. I just was burnt out and exhausted because I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. And I had nothing left to give. I was napping all the time, like, on the couch. And if the twins napped, I napped. And mind you, they weren't infants at the time. They were just toddlers. So they weren't keeping me up at night anymore. That's not why I was napping. I was napping because I was exhausted. I barely got anything done around the house. I get more done around my house now that I own a business and have a podcast <laughs> and still have four kids and a military, uh, or husband in the military and all of that, all of the things I had before plus more. And I'm able to get more things done because I take care of myself and I have more energy to do it all. And, and can we do it all? We can do it all. We just can't do it all at once. It's not like you can be, you know, we have different hats, you know, you have the mom hat and the wife hat and the, you know, business owner hat. And these are just my hats and you might have different hats, you know, the, the fur mom hat and the friend hat and all of the hats, but they all can't be worn at once. I can't be the mom and be working on my business. I can't be present with my kids and working on my business at the same freaking time. And if I don't take care of myself, then I'm not going to have, be able to take care of my kids properly and be, be present with them when I only have a limited amount of time with them before I know that they're all going to be grown up and they're going to leave me all by myself with my husband and I'm not going to know what to do with myself because I've been a mom since I was 16 years old. So I had my daughter when I was 16. I turned 17 two months later. We are, um, we are 13 years apart. Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we are 17 years apart. Like she turned 14 and I turned 31 this year. So I've been a mom <laughs> as long as I can remember, you know, since I was really young. So I never experienced what it was like to be an adult um, and not have kids. I don't know what it's like to be me and not have kids because I developed into who I am while I had kids. Like I didn't really know who I was at 17, you know, right after I had my daughter. I had no idea who that person was. I still had a lot of growing left to do. So now I know who I am and someday they're going to leave me all by myself and I'm going to be like, what? What, what am I going to do? But the moral of the story is if I didn't take care of myself, when I don't take care of myself, I don't have the energy or the time or the ability to really give my kids what they deserve. You know, give them that energy, be present with them and, and let them know the same with my husband. Like the same with my wonderful husband who works crazy hours sometimes and sometimes I don't see him often. And what if those times he was home you know, for those limited amounts of hours, he was home. What if he was home and I just didn't have anything to give him? Like I didn't have any energy to be present with him. 
and I was just a cranky biatch with him. Would that be okay? Would that be fair to him? No. So self-care is not selfish. It's selfless because you're making sure you have it to give to other people. And I don't know about you, but my goal is to live until I'm 100. I'm not kidding. I want to be 100 and spry and riding my bike around and drinking wine. Yeah, organic wine. But anyways, I recently found out I'm allergic to something in conventional wine, or at least the conventional wines I've tried. And I refuse to try any more conventional wines because um, this developed in the last year for me. I'm like, I don't want to know. It's awful. I was getting sick all the time. But, you know, your body's way of telling you something's wrong is by you getting sick. There's something wrong. If we want to live long and happy and healthy lives, we have to practice self-care. We have to take care of our bodies. We have to put ourselves first sometimes. Because you, you're the only person that you're going to spend your entire life with. And you might fight with me and you might be like, I'm going to spend my entire life with my husband. No, he wasn't there for the beginning of your life. And for me, I want to live to be 100. And so there's a, a, a chance that I might not spend the rest of my adult life with my husband if I want to live to be 100. Because who knows? He might not make it that long. I mean, I hope he does. I hope he does and he's healthy and spry like me. Um, but it's in reality, being realistic, it might not happen. So I, I'm the only person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. You know, even my oldest daughter. She missed 17 years of my life. There's nobody out there that will spend my entire life with me. There's just nobody except me. This is the only place we have to live. This body that we're living in. Only place. If things start to go in your body, it's really hard to replace it. It's not like we're a machine and, you know, the cogs start to go and you replace that cog. Or, you know, this starts to go and we can replace that battery. We, that doesn't work. There's only so much fixing and replacing that doctors can do before we literally don't have anything left. Like, our bodies just start to give out on us. So to take care of it so it'll last a little bit longer. You know, I know how difficult it can be. And a lot of times it's because we're not, we don't even know. We don't even know what the things are doing to us. We don't even know what the food we're eating will do to us. So to wrap up this podcast for the last 15 minutes, I'm going to go through a few things that I've learned along the way and hopefully they'll help you. And if you would like a free guide on how to create more time for you to get in your self-care and take care of yourself, you can head over and it's in the show notes, but you can head over to my my website, meganhallmotivation.com forward slash prioritize you guide and grab your free guide and video over there. It's uh, absolutely just all you have to do is put in your email address and all that good jazz and it's yours. And so it'll help you. I literally broke down five steps, five simple steps to help you make more time for you. And that's over there. So let's talk about your physical health. A lot of times people think that they have to work out like crazy and, you know, do CrossFit or something insane like that. And I'm not against CrossFit. I applaud people who do CrossFit. I just don't think I could survive. Um, but maybe that's for you. Maybe that's not. So what kind of activity should you do? Well, you should do something that you don't totally hate because you're not going to stick with it if you totally hate it. You need to pick something that you don't totally hate. Maybe you enjoy a little bit. The, what really matters is that you're getting in the, the activity. Unless you want a certain body, like look, a certain look to your body, 
if you're just focusing on getting an activity every day, then pretty much 30 minutes, um, five days a week of moderate exercise, there you go. You know, if you like dancing, get get on a Zumba class. But if you don't want to go to the gym, then get something you do in your home. There's like size for Beachbody. There's Country Heat for Beachbody. I know because as a Beachbody coach, both are amazing. Both are amazing dance programs. I've tried them both. I'm very uncoordinated, but I could do them. Uh, but maybe you like running. You could be a runner. If you have never run, but you would like to try running, I suggest you use the Couch to 5K app. Because you can't, my daughter learned this the other day when she tried to like run around our neighborhood and she never runs. She literally hurt herself because if you don't run at all, then you try to do it all. It really doesn't work out very well. But find something that you enjoy and that can fit into your schedule. Like this is not about something crazy. This could be like bike riding. I know one of my clients loves to bike ride. You know, that's something you do. They have spin classes. They have all sorts of kind of things you can do. Uh, that means anything, really. There's so much. You'd kickboxing. I want to try kickboxing. I think that would be really fun. So yoga, yoga's great. That's good. But listen to your body. Like if you're doing a certain workout and your body is just not doing it. Like for me, not too long ago, I realized that my body was getting really exhausted after workout. Like beyond the normal, like I just did a workout, really exhausted. And I was like, wow, there's something wrong. So I realized my body probably needs a break because I had been doing extreme workouts for about two years. My body probably needed to take a break. So I went back to a less intense workout. And I've been doing that for like the last six months to try to allow my body to rest. And I'm still getting my activity in, but it's a low intensity workout so that I'm not causing my body to go into overdrive. So when it comes to eating, here's my tip. Read the label. <laughs> no. My tip is try to buy foods that don't have a label. So that means fruits, veggies, meats. If you eat meat, if you don't eat meat, that's fine. You don't have to eat meat, you know. Stuff that is closest to its form, like closest to the form that it was originally. Not processed foods. Try to avoid processed foods at all costs. But I know nowadays it's just so convenient. So how about you read the label? And here's a couple of tips if you're getting processed food. Now, majority, again, I'm going to rephrase, majority of your foods should be whole foods. They should be real foods. They should be the foods that are closest to their forms, like fruits and veggies, nuts, seeds, stuff like that, meat, um, things, eggs. I'm just going to keep going. Things that pop in my head. But anyways, if you are going to buy processed foods, you need to read the label. Turn it around and look at it. One, if it has 30 ingredients, put it back because it's probably not good for you. Generally, anything more than six ingredients is way too processed and you need to put it back. Two, read what the ingredients are. If you can't pronounce it, you don't know what it is, and it looks like some foreign chemical, put it back. That doesn't belong in your body. It doesn't. And the foods that we put in our body affects our entire self. It helps us create ourselves, that means our cells, which means our brain cells, our skin cells, our cells in our organs. All of those cells are created by the foods we eat. Do you want to run on Mountain Dew or do you, you want to run on water? Um, it's like, think about it in a car. My husband had a diesel car. He doesn't anymore. But if I put regular gas in the diesel car, how long do you think it would run on regular gas? Not very long. The same with your body. If you give your body 
crappy fuel, crappy food, your body's not going to run very long on that. And you'll find yourself exhausted and burnt out and all that good jazz that I talked about. So read the label and minimize the amount of sugar that's in the foods that you eat. I know this is sad. I love sugar too, but it's really important because sugar can do a lot of damage to our bodies. A great alternatives, but still alternatives that should be used, minimized are honey, molasses, um, stevia, um, coconut sugar, but that's still like all of those should be minimized. They're still sugars. Uh, so you have physical, you work out, you eat right, um, sleep, seven to nine quality hours of sleep. I recommend getting the Sleep Smarter book by Sean Stevenson, and I will link that up in the show notes. If you don't know how to get a hold of the show notes, the show notes are over on inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And all the show notes for all of our episodes will be up there. So sleep, get seven to nine quality hours of sleep. I don't mean like a lot of people are like, I'm so tired. I'm like, how much did you sleep last night? Well, I slept eight hours. Like, but was it eight hours of quality sleep or was it eight hours of restless sleep? That's completely different. So mental, you know, talk to a counselor, (laughs) get a life coach. Life coaches and counselors do different things, just so you know. We've talked about that in other episodes, but, you know, get a counselor if you have some baggage that you need to work through. Um, Get a life coach if you need somebody that's going to help guide you into what you're going to be doing in the future and somebody that can keep you accountable and you can bounce things off of. I am a life coach coach, and I do take one-on-one clients as well as group. I do group coaching. So definitely reach out to me if you'd like to talk about that. But, you know, also do personal development. That mean, can mean reading books. That can be, that can be, um, listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts like this one, um, reading blogs, YouTube tutorials, constantly learning and utilizing and growing. It can be attending conferences and workshops and conventions so that you're constantly learning and growing. We learn something new every day and there's always something new to learn. Like there's never going to be a time that you know it all because you can't possibly know it all. So your mental strength is just as important as your physical strength and you need to take some time to really exercise your mental muscle and emotional. Now finally, emotional health. That means... Making yourself happy. Spending some time with your friends. Spend some time with your husband. Watch a Netflix. I'm serious about this. Watch Netflix on occasion when you just need a break. You know, that's my mindless activity. That's when I just need a break. So maybe that is for you too. What makes you happy? Like what are the things that you really truly enjoy? What's going to make that your emotions feel good? We're not looking for things that are make you angry or sad or upset. We're looking for things that make you happy and joyful. What makes you feel that way? Who makes you feel that way? And do more of that. Your emotional health is so important. This is like the trifecta of health. The physical, the mental, and the emotional. Think of like a little triangle. It's like the trifecta. So focus on that. Really tune into yourself every single day. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What can make me feel better? I have, um, just to wrap this up quickly, is I have a morning routine. When I get up in the morning, after I take care of my kids and give them breakfast because they are starving hangry people. I meditate. I write in my gratitude journal five things I'm grateful for. I write in my vision journal all of the things that I want to achieve. Now, I don't write all of the things. I just write the big things. Um, And I say my positive affirmations. And that's what I do every morning. And then the evening, I drink my night-night tea. I come to bed. 
I put, um, I also wear, uh, Swanee's blue light blocker glasses. I'll link that up in the show notes too. But, um, then I read my book for 30 minutes. I spray myself with magnesium spray, which is a magnesium spray. I can also link that up in the show notes. And I put some essential oils, chamomile essential oil on my pillow and I lay down and I go to sleep. Those are my morning and evening routines. I always have time to get in some activity and I always try to make sure several times a week I am connecting with other people to fill them up my emotional bucket. So I, I challenge you to start creating a self-care routine. Start small, bite-sized pieces. That means one step at a time. That doesn't mean that you're going to have, you know, three hours worth of this, but that can be focused on something small each day you can do for your physical, your mental, and emotional health. What are those things that you can fit in? And if you need help, like I said, you can grab my five simple steps to creating more time for you uh, guide. It's a prioritize you guide. It's meganhallmotivation.com forward slash prioritize you guide. And I'll link that up in the show notes. So please, I hope this helps you. And I hope you'll start making more time for yourself. Self-care is important. You're important. And that's why making time for you every single day, every single week is super important. It'll help you have more energy and you'll feel better and life will be easier. Things will be easier for you. I'm so happy you joined me today and I can't wait to catch you next time. Bye guys. Thank you for tuning into the Inspired Women podcast. If you're a woman in search of a positive, supportive community, we'd love to have you join us. Just search the Inspired Women community on Facebook and click the join button. Don't forget to leave us a review, subscribe, and share this out with your friends. We'll see you next week.